Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. We are live. Good morning, everyone. It's the one and only V, the Grill Economist, coming to you live on this edition of V and CJ in the Mornings. Uh, you can find us at roguemoney.net. Check us out on Twitter at the Rogue Money, Rogue Money, Facebook, Steam, Mid, DTube, every single podcast app, Note to Humanity. That's some old school rap right there, bro. <laughs> Good stuff. Hell yeah. Anyway, uh, with that being said, folks, uh, check out our sponsors, thecryptoschool.io, thecryptoschool.io. Soon we are working. We're working diligently, diligently for crypto payment options. We uh, might have something of a solution for you guys very quickly with thecryptoschool.io. Check them out, whether you want to learn about cryptos or you want to make some money, make some crypto money, some crypto, crypto money, uh, doing the trading room. You have the Watchers Trade Room, ran by the two mavens of mayhem themselves, Z and Cowboy. Uh, we're going to have those guys on later today, probably 1 o'clock or so. So keep it locked here. Keep it locked here. Couldn't do it yesterday because well, I was working on a lot of things. Couldn't couldn't get it out. Couldn't get it out of this morning, CJ. Couldn't get it out in time. Anyway, that out of the way. CJ, what's going on, brother? Hey, good morning, V. I think a little bit of everything's going on right now, but uh, <laughs> I'm feeling good. It's it's uh, Tuesday, and uh, the week started out strong and uh, ready ready to rock it out, man. How about you? I'm ready to rock it out. I'm ready to rock it out, bro. I'm ready to rock it out. There's a lot of things going on, all sorts of craziness, shenanigans. Where do you want to start, bro? Where do you want to begin, sir? You know, that's your call, V. I mean... I think in terms of the national conversation, you know, saw a lot of a lot of different uh, information coming about about the U.S. embassy moving to Jerusalem. It's a very emotional topic for a lot of people, V, uh, because yes. people have a tendency to really uh, play more towards their emotional side. Um, but uh, I mean, you kind of deliver just as is raw in your face. So and then I kind of like kind of, you know, take a little bit of different turn. So why don't you go for it first and share what your thoughts are on it? And um, yeah, go for it, man. Go for it. Well, that's insanity, bro. This is uh, we, you, you're seeing the false narrative being played out in front of everybody. Um, OK, um, U.S. Embassy opens in Jerusalem when Trump makes a promise. He keeps it in a video message. Trump says the embassy move is long, has been a long time coming after the U.S. has failed. To acknowledge the obvious for many years. Okay. Well, we want to break this down piece by piece. This might this might even take the entire broadcast. We'll see how this goes. It might. It might. Go it for might. it. Though. It just That's might. Uh, you know, I'm going to be stepping on some toes, but we're going to have an adult conversation this morning, folks. Adult conversation. Whenever I say, hey, we're going to have an adult conversation, that means lower your paradigms, get your prejudices out of the way, and uh, open your minds. Open your minds because you're about to be challenged. Um. Okay, Kushner, <laughs> Kushner, <sighs> oh, God. Kushner addresses rioting on Gaza border. See, th this is how things become more inflamed and politicized than they ought to be. If we just think and move the damn uh, embassy and that's it without all the commentary and brouhaha, I don't think uh, this type of reaction would have been warranted uh, throughout the world, especially in Israel. Jared Kushner. Kushner. See, we've done an expose on this guy. This guy is an incompetent recluse. Um, just a oh my god, the shady deals this guy has. This, this kid has skeletons in his closet. Anyway, the beta cuck Kushner uh, says that those provoking violence are part of the problem, not the solution. Those see what 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 is the psychological game that's being played here when he says those provoking violence who's he referring to as those well the, you know obviously the palestinians you know who's right. who's the, who's the aggressor in this matter right the palestinian aggressors okay um 
how many people did they shot dead yesterday, CJ? And, and I've seen anywhere between like 17 and 30. Is that right? Yeah, like 55 is the number I okay. got. About 55 people shot dead. Okay. 55 people shot dead. Okay. And thousands wounded. Uh, on a border wall. There's a wall there. Am I, am I, am I, am I mistaken, CJ, into, into saying that there's a wall in Gaza? I mean, that, that's been there for, for years, right? Oh, yes. Decades. Right. So they can't just hop the wall, can they? Not to my understanding, uh, right? They can't. They can't do that, right? So why are there fifty-five dead Palestinians and over a thousand, maybe twelve hundred or so, wounded and climbing, and they're being called the aggressors? What in the what in God's name is going on here, folks? Look, if we take apart, look, let's peel this down and distill this whole entire shenanigans this whole entire debacle which is right now blowing up in the face of israel because you know i was talking with london paul london paul's vacationing in Russia. russia he's in russia and uh, he's having a great time over there he says it's wonderful being there where there you could actually have intelligent conversations with people and nobody's drinking the kool-aid nobody's nobody's drinking the kool-aid they have actual critical thinkers there so it's it's great He's recommending I move there, which I don't know the way things are going. Let's see how we'll see what happens. But London Paul and I were talking, and Paul's like, "Hey, you know what? Uh, the way things are going in Israel, they're going to be a pariah state. They're going to be a pariah state." You see, it's one thing to just have your forces. Dude, take out the riot cops. Take out the riot cops. These people are throwing rocks at you. Okay, they're throwing rocks at you. The, some of the worst of them that are in there might, might throw a Molotov cocktail here and there, but the question becomes, where are they getting Molotov cocktails? Because there's a Muslims and they don't drink. But anyway, so either way, you're opening up machine gun volleys on a crowd of protesters is never, ever, 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 ever good optics. Okay. Then on top of that, we, the, we being the, the mavens of, inter, of foreign policy here, the United States, goes out and mouths about the U.S. has failed to acknowledge the obvious for many years. Well, what is the obvious? That Jerusalem is the capital of Israel? Is that the obvious? Define Jerusalem. Define how it was. Well, in order to define Israel as it was today, you got to define it for how it was back in 1940, prior to 1948. The story and the narrative is prior to, before the Jews came back, Israel was just, Palestine was just a desert land with no running water and infrastructure and nothing. And the people were just a bunch of goat herders. And when the Jews came back, the land flourished and milk and honey began to flow and flowers began to bloom. This is a made-up, concocted BS story. Okay? How do I know this? Well, I have pictures of Tel Aviv and Jerusalem and Haifa and, and uh, many other places that are in Israel and you know, Galilee and all these other places. And you know, the major cities like Tel Aviv, Haifa, Jerusalem, they were built out already. They had traffic and cars and hotels and buildings and restaurants and cafes and Everything was fine. Everything was fine. And the Jews came. There were already Jews there. You see, you got to define. You got to define this. And we're going to deal with this in a very adult manner. I, I, I hope and pray to God that those listening to this broadcast can follow along. Follow along. The majority of us who are subscribers who have been following this channel for quite some time, they get it. They understand it. This is going to be very mature. This is not about, oh, Jews are going to control the world, Jews bank. No, 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 no. You, you missed the point, okay? You missed the point. There is an underlying death cult, folks, and that underlying death cult pulls the strings on, on a lot of events. We call them the deep state. We call them, you know, the Vatican. We call them the Muslim Brotherhood. We call them Zionists. We call them globalists. We call them neocons. There is an underlying death cult that uses whatever name, okay, and whatever face and whatever banner you want to put on it, whatever title. Give me one second. I sip my coffee. Ah, duck roast. 
So if you get caught up on, ooh, it's a Catholic conspiracy. It's a Mason conspiracy. It's a Jewish conspiracy. It's a, 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 a I don't know, a Luciferian conspiracy. It's this consp- Folks, it's, it's the best analogy I can give you. <clears throat> Excuse me. The best analogy I can give you. I'm trying to get the Hillary Clinton coughs, man. You know it's That's allergies. Not <laughs> That's not good. Yeah, I had it a little bit yesterday. I got that itchiness in my throat. Hold on. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat. All right. The best analogy I can give you folks is this. Okay. There is one war that's been going on and raging for thousands of years. It's us against them. Who is them? Them is the death cult. Them are the Luciferian occultic bastards who use and masquerade and manipulate whatever subgroups they can, whether they're Jews, Muslims, Catholics. You insert the name here, they use it. Buddhist, globalists, whatever. Okay, even even mainstream Bigwig evangelical Christian televangelists are part of the problem. Okay, so this death cult is out there. So we've been raging against this death cult. Mankind has been raging against these bastards for hundreds of years, maybe even thousands. Okay, and what we're seeing here is this, folks. The best analogy I can give you is murder on the Orient Express. If you read the Agatha Christie novel Murder on the Orient Express, it's pretty interesting. In the, you have uh, Monsieur Poirot, the main character, he's a detective. Monsieur Poirot is trying to find out who killed a certain individual on the train, the Orient Express. And he begins to investigate every single person that's in the train in relation to the murder. And what he found was most alarming. Every single person that Monsieur Poirot in, interviewed or investigated, every single one of them, whether they're you know, the, 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 the first class passenger, the uh, second class and the no class, pa- you know, whatever, whatever class passenger, whatever it was, the gardener, the uh, whoever, the businessman, the captain of ministry, whoever it was, every single person he interviewed had a motive to kill the guy. Do you get it? Every single person he had to interview had a motive to kill the guy. And that's what we have with this death cult. And it doesn't matter if they're Islamic jihadists, Muslim Brotherhood, Zionists, globalists, um, evangelical nutjobs. It doesn't matter what it is. Vatican, the Catholics, whatever that was. The death cult is no, it's not capricious. I like to call them the death cult. And we know who they are. They're, these are the Clintonistas, the, the, uh, these idiots who are into the human trafficking, the, the pedophilia, the, the uh, pedivores that are out there, the sick bastards who we should all just cor- uh, you know, corral and, and just put an end to them. Okay? These people will use whatever names, whatever groups they can because they're a death cult. They will manipulate any group because if you focus on, oh, it's a Catholic conspiracy. Oh, it's a Masonic conspiracy. No, 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 no. It's a Jewish conspiracy. No, 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 no. It's this conspiracy. You are deflecting your attention away from the main problem. It's the death cult. Folks, I, I told you the story a long time ago. Some of you would, would, would probably remember this. When I first came on the scene, I kind of said this story um, I think it was on the it was on the Hagman report. I think it was back in the days. I said this, okay, and this was when I was in in uh, in the Gulf states. I was uh, you know brokering for a company uh, on a specific project that had to in, in relation to do with energy, okay, and the you know the upper reaches, the upper echelons of control within this corporation. And so it was a pretty large corporation. I'm not going to name it. They always gave me the heebie-jeebies. They always kind of freaked me out. They kind of just seemed off a little bit. And it was Friday morning early. I was in the office at 7.30. Markets don't open for like another hour or so. You got nothing to worry about, you know? 
So I'm walking down the hallways, and all of a sudden I see light. And I was walking with a coworker of mine. And all of a sudden I see light at the end of the corridor near the conference room. As I'm walking, and I said to myself, "Wait a minute! I didn't see the conference room booked. Is there a surprise meeting that I missed?" And I quickly asked my my coworker, "Hey, uh, the conference room is booked. I didn't see it being booked on 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 the computer. Nobody alerted me of this." He goes, "Oh no, no! It's Friday morning. They're doing their. They have this little spiritual get together on every Friday morning." What are you talking about? Spiritual get together. And as I'm walking closer and closer down the corridor, down the hallway, onto this room, this door that's on the right side of me, I just feel this heavy, foreboding weight and breath. I'm not talking about breath as in like you're breathing. I'm talking about the breath, the, like the expanse of darkness. It was so thick, you can cut it with a knife. And as I peeked in, because the 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 you know the conference room has a little you know glass on the frame, so you can kind of look in. And the door was slightly ajar. What did I behold? Well, there's some crystals on the table. There's a red triangle, a rot shield, right? A red triangle on the table. And in the boardroom. Around the conference room, excuse me, around the conference room, you see the chairman of the board, the CEO, the CFO, the CIO, the CTO, and all the other cohorts holding hands, and some of the members of the board holding hands, chanting in a language I have never heard in my life. Okay, now I'm being in New York, I'm exposed to a lot of different languages, being in a very, in a virtually, in a, in a, in a very culturally, excuse me, culturally diverse uh, part of the country. I'm exposed. I pretty much know what Hebrew sounds like, what Arabic sounds like. I know, you know, what, um, I can tell you the difference between uh, uh, Japanese, Korean, and Chinese if it's spoken on the, uh, on the intercom. I can tell you the difference between Thai and Cambodian, for the love of God. Okay. I, I'm so damn good. I can, I can tell what kind of Asian person it is just by looking at them and hearing their dialect. That's the kind of exposure I have. Why? Because I, I love learning about people. But this tongue, whatever they were uttering, whatever trance-like state they were in, that wasn't English and that wasn't Hebrew and that wasn't Arabic. It really wasn't. If I were to take a guess, if I were to take a guess, I wouldn't doubt it that if it was perhaps, probably, maybe Babylonian. And I knew immediately whether whether what was being said or, or what was coming out of the mouth was relevant. But what I felt and what I saw in that room, I knew immediately, holy crap, these guys are occultists. See, I'm a Christian, right? So I know an occultist when I see an occultist, when I can feel the occultists. And I felt the prodding of, of the Most High. I felt the prodding of God himself saying, V, run, get away from there. And honestly, I quit that project very quickly shortly thereafter. But it was pretty interesting, folks. In that conference room, okay, you had black and white. You had Asian. You had um, different religions. You had a Buddhist in there. You had a couple of Jews, a few Muslims, a Hindu, right? You had a Hindu guy up in there. Uh, you had atheists who were atheists in name only, right? I mean, these are guys who were, I'm like, I thought he was atheist. What the hell is he doing this? And that's when it dawned on me, holy crap, we are dealing with some sort of a conspiracy here. And this little meeting that I got to witness was a slice, was a little little slice of a grander scheme that is at play. A grander scheme that's at play. That was my wake-up call. That was my wake-up call when I realized, holy crap, the, the, the struggle that we have against, quote-unquote, the invisible hand is really true. Okay. But that's the point I want to make to you folks. Okay. People are being manipulated at so many levels. If you think this is a Jew issue or an Arab issue or it's a Catholic issue or it's a Masonic issue, you are completely missing the point. You're missing the manipulative evil hand of the death cult working in the background, pulling the strings manipulating people, some good, some bad, because people are easily manipulated, especially those that are idealists, especially those that are simple-minded, especially those that are hyper-suggestible is who they target. So look, fast forward to this whole entire Israel thing. 
Okay, the, there's a couple of mythological things that I want to break down. Okay, here's the deal. 90-some-odd percent of those who claim Jewish ancestry have no blood or historical connection to the land that is called Israel today. None. They have no historical and or blood connection to the land today. That's a fact. That's a fact that's put out by those um, who are scholars who are, uh, in fact, Jewish scholars put this out. This is this is not to be racist. This is not to be anti-Semitic, which is a, it's a funny word, anti-Semitic, right? And I'll get into that in a little bit. But when you look at it this way, okay, you have 90 some odd percent of those that are of Ashkenazi, okay, going back even for the Khazarian. These are from, from, the, from the Khazarian Empire, we all... We all know if you do a simple Google search what the Khazarian Empire is, okay? These are Khazarian, Eastern, slash Slavic, and Turkic bloodlines. Slavic and Turkic bloodlines, okay? That's who are the Khazarians, right? What existed in uh, in Israel, you had the, uh, the Semitic Jews that were there, the Semitic Jews that were living in Palestine, the Sephardic Jews that lived in Palestine. They've lived in that area for, for forever, for thousands of years. In fact, there was no issues. Many Sephardic and uh, Semitic Jews would, would, you know, they would go into, uh, you know, various parts of Israel, northern Africa, all over the Middle East. How do you think Jews wound up in Yemen? How do you think there was Jews in Yemen? How do you think they got? They've been there for thousands of years. There's Jews in in, in Persia. There's, they've been all over the world. Okay, they've been all over that whole entire region of the world. No issues. Why? Because they look very similar. They have a similar phenotype. They have a similar look. Okay? If you see, like, for instance, look, let's use common sense here. You know people from hot climates versus cold climates by two things. Why? There are ethnic and or racial, okay? I mean, I you know, there, there's ethnic and racial expressions, okay? If you're somebody from a hotter climate, you tend to have higher melanin. You tend to have darker skin. You tend to have your nose is a little bit broader. Why? Because you have a broader nose because it's, this is, again, for ventilation, for you can breathe better, right? Your ears tend to be a little bit bigger. This, again, the ventilation, the whole nine yards, right, to, to keep you cooler. Um, your eyes are more bigger. They're more almond. This is to, to, to deal with the fact that, you know what, it's uh, – for whatever reason, okay? So, anyway, there's a whole bunch of genetic expression. In other words, somebody from Scandinavia is not going to show up in Morocco and be like, hey, I'm Moroccan. They look at you like, you're crazy, <laughs> okay? No one's going to show up from Sweden and make it to uh, Swaziland in uh, best West Bumblehuha, Africa, and say, hey, I'm African. <laughs> like you're not African. No one's gonna go from Ethiopia, wind up in China, and say, "Hey, I'm Chinese." Not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. It sounds crazy, right, CJ? When I say that, it does. It does. It's like no one's gonna pop up in like, you know, you're not gonna be from like you, you, you know, Uganda, and then show up in Mexico and be like, "Hey, I'm a hundred percent Mexican." <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, I mean, picture this. Picture for a whole bunch of Ugandans. Okay, got up. And I, I picked Uganda for a reason, and you'll see later on. They got up, and they flew over to, to Mexico and said, hey, we are the original Mexicans. We were displaced from our land. We have a blood tie for greater Mexico. We have a divine right of return. And the Mexicans like, holy frijoles, man. <laughs> Who are you? You know? Forget about it. All, all of a sudden, you hear these the the sounds of switchblades coming out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It it, it would be a beatdown. <laughs> it wouldn't end well for the Ugandans. I'm telling you, okay. But that's the thing. It sounds insane, right, folks? It sounds insane. Judaism, in its modern sense, it's a proselytizing religion. It's a proselytizing religion. That's how you had Jews in Europe. It's a proselyte through the Khazarians, okay, the 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 the, the Slavic Turkic uh, ethnic people of the Khazarian Empire, who um, who basically sidestepped the entire Crusades by not picking the the Christian side or the Muslim side, by picking the Jewish side, stayed neutral. 
the Khazarians, uh, known for, for merchant mercantilism, being merchants and business owners, they proliferated all throughout Eastern and Western Europe. Okay. So imagine, if you will, fast forward right after World War II and all the all the acts of World War II, the tensions that came out of World War II, um, and then the destruction. After the destruction of World War II, you had the Zionist movements. Even prior to before World War II, you even had the Zionist movement. Zionist movement in the early 1900s. Probably in the late 1800s, the Zionism started. And they talked about it and, and uh, really popularized. The seeds of Zionism really germinated and became acute uh, in Theodore Herzl. He's the uh, father. Many credit him to being the father of Zionism. Theodore Herzl. Talked about the right of return, the divine right, the divine right, that it is a God-ordained right for the Jews of Israel to go to Palestine, to go to Palestine and or, or have their own homeless, divine right of return. One of the things that was being debated upon at that time, this is a historical fact, was actually for them to go to Uganda and carve out a place for themselves, a Jewish, okay, a Jewish uh, area in Uganda. <laughs> That's a fact, okay? And just kind of like how the... You know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, in the early uh, 1600s and stuff, you've had the uh, Dutch Afrikaners who showed up in South Africa and settled there. So they wanted to do the same thing. It didn't quite work out well. So they have the divine right of return. The problem is, if you look at the early fathers of Zionism, they were all atheists. They were all atheists. See, do you think? Do you do you feel a conflict of interest there? Just a tad, me. Just a tad. If you're talking about a divine right, you're, you're invoking God. Right, right. Mm-hmm. But how can you invoke God when you're an atheist? You can't. That's craziness, right? And some will say, "Well, you know, he, uh, Theodore Herzl. He later on he uh, had a, a a full conversion. He realized that he was wrong. That he now all of a sudden he believes in God. No, he was an atheist. He was an atheist. He was a socialist. He was a communist. The guy was, he was a Rothschild tool. Okay, the Rothschild tool, the Rothschild banking interest." And people say, oh, Rothschild's a Jew. No, Rothschild is not a Jew. If you think Rothschild's a Jew, then I have a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you, okay? Rothschild's a Satanist, okay? Let's not get this twisted. Rothschild is part of the death cult, okay? And the death cult saw this this naive, atheistic, power-hungry guy named Theodore Herzl, Okay? And then he funded the whole entire thing. And that's why, you know, there, there was a whole debate. Oh, what, you know, they wanted the Star of David, which is, has nothing to do with King David. Surprise, surprise, surprise. For many of you who think that the Star of David has anything to do with Judaism, it doesn't. It really doesn't. Okay. It has nothing to do with David. It has everything to do, do with, the, uh, with, the, uh, with the Talmudic, Babylonian-type traditions. Uh, it was used in ancient Khazaria, okay, the, uh, the Star of David. Um, and the Rothschilds used it as well. It was the, you know, they painted it on their red shield. That's how they got the name Rothschild. Rothschild, which is red shield. Okay. So there was a whole debate. Should we have the Jewish flag as the menorah on the Israeli flag? No, they put the Rothschild hexagonal, which is one of the most powerful curses in witchcraft. Surprise, surprise to all you brainwashed evangelical Christians who support this nonsense. Okay. So. Rothschild banking dynasty funds this whole entire divine right of return. The early fathers of Zionism were atheists. They push into Palestine. They show up in 1948, similar to if, a, if I was Swedish and I showed up in uh, in uh, Zimbabwe and <laughs> or the deepest darkest Congo and said, "I'm I'm Congolese. I'm the real Congan." I would be laughed at. Well, all of a sudden, here's in you know you you have it in you know in places like Bethlehem and Haifa and Jerusalem and Tel Aviv, a prosperous modern metropolis. This is a modern city. You go back, you look at pictures. I have pictures of of of, of Tel Aviv from 1921-23. It is comparable to any other Mediterranean city at that time in that region. Comparable. It was just like Beirut. There was no difference. It was beautiful. Beautiful beaches, cafes, restaurants, hotels. And then these guys come in, and what happened? You have flaw, you had false flag extravaganza. Okay. You have false flag extravaganza. Now, the Jews that were all coming down there, they were already traumatized 
by the events of World War II. They're being told that this is a divine right of return. They're told that they're on a mission from God. They're really believing this right now wholeheartedly. They've, they've bought this whole entire thing hook, line, and sinker. And via force, and there's documentary evidence of this, there's videos of this, you cannot, you can dispute what I'm telling you, but your eyes cannot dispute what you would see if you actually saw the documentation where the indigenous population that were living in that land, Jews, Semitic Jews, okay, which were later on, you know, there was a whole entire thing that happened with the Sephardic children back in the 60s. You can look it up yourself. They were experimented on. was horrible, okay? Uh, Semitic Jews, Sephardic Jews, whatever you want to call them, and Palestinians that were pushed out of the regions that they were living in, okay? It's a problem. They were displaced. A refugee crisis started. Okay, the Balfour's Declaration created beef amongst all the uh, Arab neighbors that were surrounding the area. And this is how we got the entire Israeli situation that it is today. Fast forward today. Okay, so the majority of people that are talking about capital, that are talking about their land, do not have a historical or blood connection to the land. That's a fact. I'm sorry if that offends people. I'm saying this with zero emotions, by the way. No, I'm not picking sides. I'm for humanity, okay? And unless we put these stupid, silly things aside, we're going to get played and manipulated. That's why my hope and prayer for Israel and the Palestinian youth, the Arab and the Jewish youth, is put aside these stupid religious quarrels, okay? And win. Win through economics. Win through through innovation. That's the real victory here. As long as people are divided, you're always in a perpetual war slash perpetual debt, which is something that the death cult that controls and manipulates and pulls the strings on pretty much everything. They love that. The deep state loves it because they thrive on war and debt. They love it. Okay. So that's a little backdrop in a nutshell about this whole entire Israel thing. Okay. It's it's the people I, I had CJ. I one time had an argument with a guy. We're debating this. He's like, "Well, what's the final solution?" I'm like, "My man, you sound like Hitler." His proposal is like, "We should just wipe out all the Palestinians." I'm like, "You sound just like Hitler, bro." Final solution, and it amazed me that with the few Jewish friends that I've had, of just a handful, I'm, I'm starting to hear this word "final." Well, what's the final solution? I'm like, "My man, when did you become a Nazi?" And I looked at him deadly honest, like, "Dude, let me ask you a question." You know, you know, are you Semitic? Are you Jewish? Well, and I asked him. I said, uh, "What's your background?" He goes, "I'm Jewish." Well, I said, "Well, Jewish is really a religion. It's a proselytizing religion, but it's really a religion at the end of the day, right?" What's your ethnic background? Well, I'm from I'm Georgian and 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 Lithuanian and and something else, right? And I said, "Put your arm out." And, you know, my, my my mother's side goes back to ancient Syria, to Antioch, um, for where there's a, a Christian, the one of the earliest Christians, Antioch was the place where Christians were named Christians. So there's a lineage on my mother's side that goes back to the uh, early diaspora of Christians from Syria um, out into the, to many other parts of the world. So I have Semitic blood in me, real Semitic blood, Syrian blood, okay? So I, I said, put out your hand. And he put his hand out. This guy's as pasty as paste they come. Okay? He's as white as a banana, this guy. Okay? And I put my desert brown swarthy arm right next to his. Okay? I put my swarthy desert arm right next to his. My brown swarthy arm right next to his. I said, who do you think is built more for the heat, you or I? And he's like, well, clearly you. And I said, look in my eyes. And if you've seen me, you know that I have these big uh, Semitic eyes. These are Semitic eyes. So let me ask you a question I asked him. I said, who's more Semitic, you or me? And he shuts up. This is the type of word hijacking that occurs, folks. This is the type of word hijacking that occurs in modern day, in the modern day. And then using these words and ownership of these words in relation to certain groups of people, it's used as weapons of mass conditioning. So anybody who questions any policy that Israel puts out is, <gasps> you're anti-Semitic. Really, my dude? Really? Let's look at Benjamin Netanyahu. Who's, he's Polish. He's Polish. What type of quote-unquote Semitic blood is in him? 
if you go back in this farm family long enough, they're Kazarian. They're of Turkic and 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 Slavic blood. That's it. That's the truth. You see, I don't have a problem with that. My problem rests in the fact that let's call it for what it is. Can we have an adult conversation? What it is, the modern state of Israel, how it came about, was a European elitist. It was a Rothschild slash European colonization project that backfired because the native indigenous population fought back. And what is really disheartening, folks, and I grant it, I'm not I'm not giving the, the Palestinians a free pass here. There's a lot of crazy crap that happened on both sides. But what is happening in this whole entire thing is if you look at the borders and you look at how there's there's like oh, gifts that you can look at on, on Google, you could see how over the course of many decades, the let's just say if the Israeli part of the map was green, the Palestinians were blue, there's more and more and more green and the blue is becoming dispersed. There's only one way in. There's only one way out in the, all these Palestinian territories. Uh, they're not getting adequate food. They're not getting adequate. It's it, it's it's a it's, it's the, many people have said it. Many people who have actually been on the ground have said this. It is an open air concentration camp. It's an open air concentration camp. I have a friend of mine. Um, he's a Ashkenazi Jew. A great guy. Open minded. He's a true liberal. Okay. It's just you know me and him disagree politically, and. Uh, he went to Israel. This was uh, years ago. His name is David, and he went to Israel. I said, Dave, okay, man, go to Israel. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go there and settle and buy some property. And uh, while he was out there, this is back in the early aughts, uh, met a beautiful Sephardic Jewish girl, just oh, a stunning, stunning, beautiful girl. They fell in love. They get married. Okay, and his, you know, his parents are modern, hip, New York, you know, liberal Jews. They, yeah, cool, beautiful girl, great. She's Jewish, wonderful. Great, Dave, you're going to go buy a property. Dave goes to go buy property, and then Dave's put on a wait list. It's like, why am I on a wait list? Why am I on a wait list? And then and other people who are, you know, you had an Ashkenazi Jew with an Ashkenazi um, wife, okay, Ashkenazi husband, Ashkenazi wife, they were also applied to get a property, and they were able to purchase property ahead of my friend David and his wife. And then Dave found out the hard way. They delayed him and put him on a wait list and sidetracked him because his wife is Sephardic. If you don't think there's some racial issues there, case another point. Wonderful woman, great, wonderful, wonderful Jewish uh, woman that I've I've known. Her and her family, husband and wife, great people, great people. They got two beautiful kids, two beautiful boys. They're just great people, very loving, very helpful. I mean, they're like, "Fee, come over. We'll have barbecue." Uh, whatever you want, let's, you know, I just love them. Just a beautiful people, full of love and light. And the woman, she's Ashkenazi. Her husband is a Yemeni Jew. He's, you know, Semitic, you know, real Semitic. And they're like, you won't believe the racism. They call my husband black. I'm like, black? The guy's lighter than me. He's lighter than me. Okay? And I'm not a dark person by any stretch of the imagination. He's lighter than me, but they're calling him black? Yeah, because he's Sephardic. I was like, what? I mean, you got to be kidding me. So these things exist. To pretend that they don't is, is a level of, ignor of, of, of ignorance, folks. And at the end of the day, you have a humanitarian crisis. The poor schlep Palestinians, you might say, you might hate them because they've been dehumanized for decades, they've been told that there's no such thing as Palestinian culture or Palestinian music or Palestinian food or Palestinian anything. That's horse crap. That's horse crap. <laughs> there is. There is. You go tell, uh, 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 here, I've been around Jordanians and Palestinians. And granted, Jordanians and Palestinians and Egyptians have a lot of racial links and connections and cultural links. That is true. But if you were to tell the Jordanian or the Palestinian, hey, man, the Palestinian doesn't exist. This is a made-up culture. They're looking incredulously because their cultures are distinct. My Palestinian friend has a very distinct culture than the Jordanian guy. Same as the Egyptian guy. They're all very distinct cultures, even though ethnically and racially they might be very similar. Right? They might be very similar. 
But that's like saying, hey, there's no such thing as uh, as uh, as French culture in comparison to the Germans. You wouldn't make that statement, right? You wouldn't say, hey, you know what? There's no such thing as uh, it's only European culture. No such thing as French or German. The French guy would <laughs> he would say, you know, he, <laughs> Zuta law, what are you saying? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Zuta law. <laughs> the German guy would be like, nine. Of course there is. See, when it comes to uh, the Western world and the way we're manipulated, we're given the, hey, it's okay. Look, there's a German, there's a Jew. I mean, sorry, there's a German, there's a French, there's our English, there's a Swedish. But when it comes to the Middle East, specifically Israel and Palestine, it's, oh, yeah, Palestinianism is just made up culture. It's just, no such thing. See, we've dehumanized people. So when you dehumanize people, it becomes very easy to take from them what you want. So the same tactics that Hitler used against the Jews is the same tactics that's being done against the Palestinians. I'm sorry. It's what it is. Granted, and I've said this, CJ, I've said this decades ago, I've been saying this. If these idiot Palestinians stop with their terrorism and all that bullshit and that Islamic nonsense, okay? And this is, what, this is my problem with the organized religion. It's just a bag of bad ideas. If the Palestinians ever put that aside and then actually have peaceful marches and protests, a la Mahatma Gandhi, a la Martin Luther King, they would have a state like this. But the powers that be know that. That's why the powers that be, if you look at most of these people that are in Hamas and all these other terror groups that are in these quote-unquote Palestinian authorities, they have a lot of connections with Western intelligence agencies. Because the greater play, the long-term play, is to keep conflict going. Okay, They will put Jew against Gentile, Arab against Jew, Muslim against Christian. They love that stuff. Right. Perpetual chaos, perpetual crisis, right? So when you have today, this whole entire move with Jerusalem, it, 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 this is, if the game is to isolate the United States and then collapse the deep state, I, I get it. This is the, the world is sickened by this. Honestly, this is a... I can care less about the move to Jerusalem. I don't care where we move a freaking embassy. It doesn't mean anything to me. The politicization behind it is a problem. So when they say in an article like this, where it says Trump's daughter Ivanka and son-in-law, Jared Kushner, <laughs> along with Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin, another idiot, led the U.S. delegation with a single message. Only Trump had the courage to act on what America has wanted for a long time. When did we want an embassy in Jerusalem, CJ? Do you know? I can't recall me. I mean, they've talked about it for years, right? Shit, man. I think that's what George Washington wanted when he was uh, <laughs> he, he was in the Battle of Concord. I will cross thine river, for I want a embassy in Jerusalem. That's 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 what the founding fathers wanted. You see, this is the problem. Okay, is maybe five, I don't even know, how many billions of dollars in aid per year? Taxpayer money per year. Rather than taking the money, developing a great industry, okay, getting off the socialism BS that they got running over there because there, it is quite a disparity over there in, in, in many places. And beating their swords into plowshares and, and winning economically. The deep state, the elitists have created the entire Middle East map. Yeah, absolutely. The I'm Iraq, Iran, Syria, not Iran, but uh, Syria, Lebanon, these are all artificially created borders by the Sykes-Picot Agreement. Artificially created by European powers. European powers have created a cluster F in the Middle East, a tinderbox they have created, and they continue to manipulate it today. So fast want to see a single Jewish person die. I don't want to see a single Muslim Palestinian person die. Enough is enough. And then furthermore, more than anything else, what does this have to do with the United States of America? What does this have to do with us? And unless we abort this 
heinous worldview, this ridiculous, murderous foreign policy, unless we abort it, this is the type of paradigm we are constantly being pressed up against, constantly being played against. It needs to stop. It needs to stop. Amen. I mean, listen to this moron. Netanyahu. Prime Minister Netanyahu, also thanks Trump, for having the courage. What a glorious day for Israel, said a jubilant Netanyahu. Remember this moment. This is history. President Trump, by recognizing history, you have made history, says this asshole who is being investigated for all sorts of heinous crimes, all sorts of corruption. I mean, this guy is like a... Is a he, Netanyahu is the STD, the sexually transmitted disease on the world stage that does not go away. He is herpes on the genitalia of the world. He is herpes. Every so many years, this bunghole resurrects himself. Okay? And every single time he comes, any sort of rationality within the within the Knesset is voted out and is dwindling. So now you have Netanyahu here. This is a great day, a great day for Jerusalem, a great day for the state of Israel, a day that will be engraved in our national memory for generations. I believe it's a great day for peace, says Minister Netanyahu. He thanked Kushner, Trump's envoy, Jason Greenblatt, and U.S. Ambassador David Friedman and their tireless efforts to advance the peace for their tireless efforts to advance the truth. The truth and peace are interconnected. Oh, God. I, I want to vomit. A peace that is built on lies will crash on the rocks of the Middle Eastern realities. You can only build peace on truth. And the truth is that Jerusalem has been and always will be the capital of the Jewish people, the capital of the Jewish state. That you got to understand, in a tinderbox that is the Middle East, okay, in this purposely by design created cluster F pulled off by elites of a death cult in Europe, okay, that created the Balfour's Agreement, that created the Sykes Peacock Agreement, um, to make that comment into, to, into the tinderbox today that this is a Jewish people in the capital of the Jewish state, that is. Very inflammatory. That is problematic. Jerusalem, the Prime Minister stressed, will always be the eternal, undivided capital of Israel. We are in Jerusalem, and we are here to stay. You know, folks, there are videos where people just, you know, Palestinians, living in Palestinian territories, all of a sudden you have the settlers come in. If a Jewish settler wants it, it will show up with a truck. The IDF comes in, throws him, the, 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 the Palestinian guy, and his family, his wife and kids out. They bulldoze the house, and they can do nothing about it. You see, when you push people, when you dehumanize people, and you push them to such an extreme, such a bloody extreme, there is a point where people, where especially men, say, F it, I'm done, and they will strap bombs to their chest because they've lost everything, they got nothing to lose. When people lose everything they have nothing to lose when you're using white phosphorus okay this is disgusting when you're using white phosphorus something that is banned by the geneva convention to be used in any sort of population centers and you're popping off white phosphorus in heavily concentrated areas like in the gaza strip okay and in the west bank heavily populated areas full of of, of palestinians and this white phosphorus that burns at 1,500 degrees lands on the roof. It eats through the roof. It goes through the, the, through the attic, goes onto the beds of women and children as they sleep, destroy, it, it consumes their bodies, and goes all the way down into the basement where it continues to burn. And then the husband, the wife, the cousin, the nephew, the, uh, the aunt wakes up the next day and sees that their family was wiped out because of this. That's a problem. Then you wonder where the hate comes from. When you're using depleted uranium, which they have been doing, this is humane. Folks, this is genocide. It's genocide. What is? I don't care if you agree with the Palestinians. The Palestinians are far from perfect. 
they really if, if I've said this before, if they if they if they protested peacefully, like a Martin Luther King, if the, you know the biggest nightmare for these deep state guys are CJ? What's that be? That a Martin Luther King type character would emerge in Palestine in, in the in Palestine. Right. Yep. If a Martin Luther King type character emerges and they don't kill him, they don't assassinate him, and he is able to get an idea out there that is complete anathema to the stooges like Arafat and 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 uh, and the uh, uh, Mahmoud Abbas and the current uh, idiots that that are running the PLA, and they make it about humanity, all these guys suffer. All these guys will go. All these guys will go. They will crumble. The, 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 the war state of Israel will crumble. Netanyahu will be thrown in jail. You can't do this kind of stuff, man. You can't be doing depleted uranium rounds. You can't be doing white phosphorus on population centers. And as the planes are dropping, you have Israeli citizens that, are, that take out like lawn chairs and they're sitting on the high hill launch watching these uh, bombs being dropped like it's a fireworks display. I mean, this is sick, man. But they do that, and the state and the media of Israel has done a wonderful job in brainwashing their own population. See, Israel has a ton of internal problems. They have a ton of internal problems. So if they can have some sort of conflict perpetually with the Palestinian boogeyman, it's a wonderful distraction from Israel's internal problems. And they have a lot of them. And it's okay because they dehumanize. They've done a wonderful job in brainwashing and dehumanizing the Palestinians in such a way that nobody even cares. Nobody cares. And if you even mention that you care about the Palestinians, oh, you're an anti-Semite! I love it. Please call me an anti-Semite. I'm more Semitic than any one of these idiots that, that say anti-Semite. You're an anti-Semite. You know, th that's ridiculous. You see, we challenge even political views of, let's say, the Black Panthers, Black Lives Matter. Are you gonna call me a racist? <laughs> it's the same thing. You can't. You can't do that. We need to have a serious discussion on the cluster F that is the Middle East, because these cronies, these nuts and Yahoo war criminals, and these morons, it's deplorable, man. Look, man, 800,000, I don't know, 400,000, 800,000, whatever, uh, Tutsis were, were killed in Rwanda, right? They, they, right. they killed the Tutsis. The, the, it was a slaughter. The Houthis killed the Tutsis. And the world stood up and said genocide. They screamed bloody murder, and how can we didn't do much more to help? Think about it. They said, Haven't, how come you're not doing much more to help? You know, here's the figure, man. I just want to look. I'm just going to type this into a Google search, okay? How many Palestinians died since, let's say, 2014? Let's say since Bringing up any stats? Uh, yep. <clears throat> the best total for the Palestinian death as part of the 1947, approximately 30,000. Wow. And that was like in the first year. I mean, dude, you're talking about... Uh, there's a whole bunch of search results that came up, but... <clears throat> hold on. Got the Clinton cough, man. Not good, V. Not good. Jesus. Time to time to pop some uh, decongestant and, and histamine. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, man. Absolutely. But uh, <clears throat> it's terrible what's happening. And I don't care about, you know, this is not a religious issue. For me, personally, it's not. It's a human issue. I don't like to see human suffering when it can be stopped. And I blame both the leadership on the Israeli side and the Palestinian side. They're both responsible and culpable for this mess. 
the future forward for a prosperous Middle East is for the young people to rise up, shake off the shackles of this brainwashing, and move forward. And move forward, man. That that's my take on a siege. Yeah. Very well said, V. School is in session. Dude, also another thing. If Jared Kushner's a guy that they pick for Middle East peace, this is what he does. Yeah, it's I crazy. Mean, the the politicizing of it, I think, is you know, just you know, everything that you said was just on point. And then the other two things, V, is in regards to I think that's the thing that really like when you look at Kushner and you take a look financially at his family ties and who has the most funding, whose family business has been heavily influenced and funded by the Israelis. You know, this is the type of political corruption things that we argued about with the Clintons, right? With the the, the dirty money, all this money that's coming in, you know, that that uh, Netanyahu had stayed over at the Kushner's house or vice versa. I can't remember exactly what it was. I mean, this was probably the worst person to send to send over there just for the fact that he is just so uh, corrupt. I mean, that's that's my thought. And that's that's, you know, again, in the, and that's fact. You can take a look to the millions of dollars that poured into the Kushner uh, companies and specifically. So it's, it's paying for influence. That's that's all it is. It's no different than Trump's attorney trying to peddle it out. And I'm not saying that that's Trump's fault, but that's the same thing with Trump's attorney did the exact same thing with, you know, getting these million dollars from AT&T and these companies. They, uh, that's the thing that we're fighting for. You know, you, you know, your message regarding peace, uh, eliminating death altogether. Absolutely. That's spot on. But also that message is getting rid of paying for all this political influence. It's just, it's just really corrupt our, our entire political process fee. Uh, that's it, man. It's a, and again, on foreign policy, it's just it's just been you know one step forward, two steps back. One step forward, two steps back. You know, one step forward, Korea, great, wonderful. Two steps back, uh, JCPOA. Okay, let's wait and see. Um, there's a renegotiation that's supposed to be taking effect, and then this whole um, uh, Jerusalem uh, embassy thing, and and saying that this is a uh, um, capital. And then to the wording, the wording is 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 very troubling. The politicization. You want to move a uh, an embassy? To, just go ahead and do it, man. Cut out the the politicization, and then you got this idiot Kushner who's got you know shit for brains Kushner, shit for brains Kushner is out there saying, you know, listen to what he says, and 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 you tell me if this is a unifying message, is this an inclusive message, or if this is an exclusive message? Because folks, look, Jerusalem, there's been Christians there. Muslims there, Jews there for centuries. Okay? And prior to 48, there was it was a good cacophony and mix of people that lived there. So let me ask you a question. Is this inclusive or is this exclusive? Quote, I believe... Let me put on my Jared Kushner voice. I believe peace is within our reach. If we dare to believe that the future can be different from the past that we're not condemned to relive history, and that the way things were is not how they forever must be. I mean, let's just look at that. Let's, I'm going to be serious here. I believe peace is within reach. If we, who's we, dare to believe that the future can be different from the past. What does he mean by that? If the future can be different from the past, that we're not condemned to relive history. Again, he's playing on that Holocaust fears. Like Jesus, I mean, this is 2018. Hitler's right. dead. Right. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. No different than Kanye's message. What Kanye? What was Kanye saying? Right. Yeah. 400 years of slave. Hitler's dead. And prior to Hitler, it was they were running from Pharaoh. I mean, what the hell? Come on. You're being played here. You're being played. I believe peace is within our reach. If we dare to believe the future can be different from the past, that we're not condemned to relive history. No one wants the Holocaust back, Jared. Nobody in the world thinks it's cool to round up people, put them in concentration camps, and execute them. Nobody's cool with that. And in the day and age of information, in the day and age of social media, in the day and age where everything is televised, you can't hide nothing. 
Nobody's cool. Nobody's going to stand idly by as they march Jews into a concentration camp or Christians or, or Buddhists or, or Hindus or, or, or Zarastafarians or Rastafarians, for that matter. Nobody's going to be cool with that. So this constant, oh, oh, we're going to have to be different from the past. We're not condemned to relive history and that the way things were is not how they forever must be, Kushner continued. It's not an easy road. It will be filled with difficult moments and tough decisions. But if we dream big, if we lead with courage, we can change the trajectory of for millions from hopelessness to boundlessness. Who's is that? See, is that a inclusive message or is that an exclusive message? Oh yeah, I mean definitely exclusively, absolutely. So this, from an optics standpoint, from a political standpoint, we, the United States of America, at the end of the day, at our expense, look like a bunch of jackasses on the world stage. We look like a bunch of morons. We look like the country that has always been supporting perpetual war, perpetual debt. Problem. Problem. Likewise, Trump's aides also made no direct reference to the climbing death toll. And in a Fox News interview, Mnuchin repeatedly, Steve Mnuchin should just shut the F up. Mnuchin repeatedly referenced Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and said that Trump should be praised for taking action to keep him. Ah, see, I just had a little bit of uh, bile come up to my throat, Siege. Listen to this. Folks, you guys are Americans. I am America first. I don't know what the F we're doing in the Middle East. I don't know what we're doing. I mean, I do know what we're doing there, but come on. Mnuchin said that Trump should be praised for taking actions to keep Americans and the people of the Middle East safe. Safe? What is an embassy opening in Jerusalem and all the politicization that goes behind it? What does that have to do with keeping Americans safe? No idea. No idea. Am I living in the Twilight Zone, Siege? I think so, V. I, I mean, yeah. Who, who are we making great again, Siege? I mean, it's crazy. 1,000%. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And this is hot on the heels of the of, of walking away from the Iranian nuclear deal. It, it's crazy. And the Trump's delegation was not planning on meeting any Palestinian officials during their visit. The Trump administration in recent months also slashed USA to Palestinians, Palestinians and the programs that support them. Trump's policy is a sharp departure from past administrations which have tried to position America as a neutral party to broker a peace deal. This is just bad. Bad politically. Bad politically. This is this is crazy, man. This is crazy. It's 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 uh it's pretty sad. It's actually pretty sad to see this. It's what what all this happens, man. All this happens because we refuse to have a serious adult conversation without bullshit emotions, with with half truths. This is what happens, bro. This is what happens. Right. I gotta say, see, yeah. And 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 the end of the day, does it does it help or hurt hurt matters there in the Middle East with everything else going on? Exactly. Yet, you see, yet the Saudis can continue their illegal war in Yemen, yeah. where thousands of women and children are dying. But that's okay. That's all right because it's 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 uh it doesn't help spread peace. V. Right. Exactly. Correct, man. And the at the end of, at the end of the day, also, it's like we all know that the Saudis and the Israelis. Okay, the, the elites in Saudi Arabia and the elites in Israel are in cahoots in continuing 
their shenanigans in the Middle East. It's 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 a sad it's a setback for humanity, bro. I think, uh, and again, my pleading to the uh, the young people that are in the Middle East: do not follow, do not fall for the sins of your fathers. Do not follow in the footsteps of your forefathers. It's you need you guys need to decentralize. I would love to see Israel and Palestine and and Lebanon and all the entire Middle East prosper economically where they compete with each other not with guns and on the battlefield but where they compete with each other on the battlefield of ideas on economics and all the wonderful riches that can be done it's 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 the greatest thing in the world man but so long as we're pushing this paradigm nobody gets free man and that's it see that's all i gotta say and with that i think well we, we went a little bit over the the time but it is what it is. Absolutely. No, great, great information. Great breakdown, V. Um, fabulous job. Thank you, sir. With that being said, we're over and out. Take it away, El Google.